The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for being an intentional spirit. You know, that's the secret and the magic of life is what are we intending as we are not only living in the now moment, but as we move forward in the future. And we're so uh, blessed on this show that we're able to offer people from all over the world that have insights that offer us tools, tools to not only as of right now, improve our quality of life so we may see results, but tools also that allow us to, to probe or to question or to get out of a box of just taking things as the norm because someone else said. So today I'm very excited that we have on our show uh, an amazing author and afterlife expert. I spend most of my life talking about how not dying in this one energetically and she talks about well what's going to happen after that. <laughs> so we're a we're a great combination to put together. That's for sure. Uh, Roberta Grimes, um welcome to our show The Intentional Spirit. Thank you for being in harmony and agreement to be here today. Well, thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be here. And you're right. I mean, we do have to cover all the fields. And uh, when you're talking about living well and then dying well and living afterlife well, then we sort of do cover it. Well, as you, I'm sure, can prove to us, we're going to take us wherever we go anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah, it may not be voluntary, but we can make it joyful and triumphant and happy. And that's the that's the message, really. It's it's a it's a wonderful time of life, uh, the the end of our earthly life and the start of our uh, return to our eternal life. Well, um, talk to us a little bit. Um, uh, our particular audience of of this show really loves to hear a little bit of how did you get to be where you are. So uh, walk us through that a little bit in, in your own words and your own experiences. Um, how did you get involved in afterlife stuff? Well, when I was eight years old um, in... April of 1955, I woke up in the middle of the night and knew there was no God. Now, for a child who's been going to Sunday school every week, this is a shock. And I was really, really stricken by by that thought. And there, there was a brilliant light in my room, a flash of light. It was in the room. It's shown on the toys in the awful wallpaper, which is why I remember them to this day. And there was a young male voice that said, you wouldn't know what it is to have me if you didn't know what it is to be without me. I will never leave you again. Which, when you're eight, of course, everything is surprising, so nothing is. And therefore, I thought, oh, it's handy if you forget there's a God. They remind you. And I went back to sleep. But I never told anyone what had happened to me. I knew it was real. It hadn't been a dream. But I, I never, I assumed it was one of those things you'd learn as you were growing up. You learn how to drive a car. You learn the facts of life. You learn, you learn what happens if you forget there's a God. But, of course, if you never ask a question, you never get an answer. And I had a similar experience when I was 20. I actually majored in religion in college, and I didn't learn anything there either. 
But I, it, it, when I was 20, I again saw the light. I again heard the same voice say, I will never leave you. So I had to know what that was. I had to know where, where that experience came from. And the only thing I could think was that it must have come from where the dead are. Uh, which turned out to be right, actually. I didn't realize that till I had done a lot of research. But that started me on a really obsessive hobby of trying to figure out what exactly happens at death and after death. That's why. That's why I did it. I mean, it sounds like an insane hobby, perhaps, but it's been a thrilling one and an exciting one and a very, very fruitful one. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I tell people all the time, one of the most vibrant, experiences I've ever had was in the cemetery in Paris where all the famous people are are buried and I'm not saying that's why it's vibrant I mean Chopin is there Gertrude Stein uh, Oscar Wilde that's where they're all uh, Jim Morrison but I say that because it might I can't think of the name of it right now and maybe people can remember it but wow when you walk through that cemetery I mean there are things happening <laughs> have you ever been there Roberta it's amazing no, but um, I, I've, I have been to other cemeteries. I, I know the the feeling you have, especially in old ones. Um, I just was filmed a month a month or so ago in uh, a late uh, 1700s, early 1800s cemetery in my hometown in Grafton, Mass. And they, you, they, the stones speak. It's a, it's really an amazing experience to be there, even so long. I used to go there as a child and just walk around and be there um, among among those beings. Now the beings aren't there, of course, um, because the, the the greater reality in that we enter at death is just a lot more fun than where we are now, and they're all off doing happy things. But there's a sense of, of and I know what you mean. There's sort of a sense of the eternity of human spirit that is in a place like that where many people have come uh, full of love, full of appreciation, and uh, and it lingers there. You're right. It's, it's composed not so much of the dead as, as of the love of the living, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a, a very powerful statement. Well, what happens um, from your perspective when we die, uh, I I've, um, I was at a book signing um, not too long ago, and one of my high school students that I hadn't, uh, high school peers that I hadn't seen since high school said that he had driven like an hour and a half to see me because he said, you know, I thought if I don't get a chance to see Temple Hayes now, the next time I'll get a chance to see her is in heaven. And I thought to myself, <laughs> Now, that's an interesting statement because if we're not seeing each other now, I mean, I don't think we're going to have like a high school, you know, on the other side. And I didn't, <laughs> big reunion you know, there. and of course, right. I have a lot of beliefs about all that, but I did not impose any of those on him. I just went, oh, well, it's so nice of you to come. But I thought, what are you thinking? Really? You think we're going to be like having high school gymnasium and, you know, I, I didn't even really know you in high school that much. So I just but what happens? What what do you think is going on after we pass this life? Well, um, there, there, the first question you asked was what happens at death, and there's a whole there's a lot of information about the the death process, which is important for people to have because this is not an instinctive thing. I mean, when we're born, we don't have much control over it, but we have a lot more control uh, at the time of our transition, and it's important we execute that well. Um, to, to sort of better understand what happens, it's important to understand the geography which the dead tell us, and frankly, quantum physics echoes that the geography of what actually is going on. Nothing around us is solid. It's all, this is an energy-based reality. It appears solid, but it's not. Our, our eyes are lying to us as are our fingertips. Uh, and it, it is interspersed with at least six primary and many not primary layers of afterlife reality. They're all in the same place, and they're just at higher vibratory rates. The easiest way to understand it is to think of a TV set. Now, if we were, if in the room with us we had a a TV set, we would be able to pick up maybe 100 TV channels. Those signals are all in the room. It's just that we don't have a TV on. When we turn the TV on, we pick up 
a TV signal. Maybe it's Channel 2. And it, that Channel 2 is just like, let's say, this level of reality. Your, your mind is that TV set. It's tuned right now to the, after, to the, to the, the earth life level of reality and to that particular body on this earth life level of reality. So that's why you think you're in that body, but, but you're not. So your mind is tuned there, and then you get to a point where this body is no longer able to sustain you, whether you're old or you've had an illness or, a, or an accident, you're, and it's time to transition. What happens is your body just tunes maybe to channel 5 or channel 6, and it picks up there a whole new equally solid reality. It's just as easy as that for your mind to go from this level of reality to the next. It's all in the same place. It's all, the only thing that separates us from where the dead are is just different vibratory rates. We think that this is the lowest level, but nobody knows for certain, of which I'm aware. But this is, a, this is a lower level of vibration than all the levels where the dead are. But they're right here. And they can lower our vibratory rate to the, the place where we are, uh, some of them more easily than others, but they can, and so they can easily visit us relatively easily, but we, of course, can't go higher and visit them. So as we approach uh, our death, whether the death is, uh, as I say, whatever the cause of death, it almost certainly was planned before we were born that we would die then, whether even if it seems like an accident, even if it seems that we are dying too young, but as we plan our lives before we enter them, and nearly all of us have life plans and guides, I mean, this is a serious mission to come to Earth and learn stuff, we, we enter with this plan which has two or three exit points planned into it. And we, our higher consciousness will choose one of those exit points when, for whatever reason, it determines that we're, we've, we've done all we can with this lifetime. Nobody wants to be here. We'd rather be home. So we get to go home as soon as we've done all we can with this life, and we choose that, our higher consciousness chooses that exit point. It's not conscious, although many people, if you think about people that you know and love, who are dying, many people have, even unconsciously, uh, known that they were, they, you know, they've wrapped things up. I, I have heard stories from people whose husbands or significant others had heart attacks or accidents, and they say, you know, he did this, he did that, he did the other thing, he told me, he gave me this whole list of the passwords. The, p- people, people know at that higher level that this is what they're doing. So even though the death seems like a surprise, it's not. And as we get closer, maybe three to two days, somewhere in that range, ahead of time, we suddenly feel better, even if we've been in terrible shape. Usually people have a period of, of sort of lucidity and, and, and uh, uh, new energy and vigor. And doctors say that they, they know that is an infallible sign people are about to die. For some reason they get better suddenly and then, they, and then within 24 hours they've died. But the beauty of death is that we don't die alone within hours or sometimes a day or two before we die, we start to see our loved ones coming for us. They usually well, Roberta, the question I've always wondered is, do we see people that loved us or do we see people that we still currently really love? Because, you know, you'll hear people say, well, I hope to see Joe and Sally or whatever, but they didn't really have a relationship that they cared for. And that's always kind of never made sense to me. You know, like, for example, let's say um, Mary's been, uh, can't you tell I couldn't wait to have you on the show because I have questions myself. <laughs> let's say that, you know, Mary and Joe, uh, for lack of other names, nothing biblical, of course, you know, were, uh-huh. were married. And then they were married for, you know, 30 years. And for 20 of those years, Mary didn't want to be married to Joe. And they they got divorced and they hadn't spoken to each other for 10 or 15 years. And the kids will say, oh, that's so great that mom is dying because now she can go be with dad. Do people go back to people they they left and they didn't want to be with? Um, that's actually two questions. The first is with, with right. the deathbed two visitor, <laughs> and, and I, but, but they both have answers that, that are pretty consistent from the afterlife evidence. The people that you that you tend to see at your deathbed are the people you're most likely to trust, to go with, 
These are your rescuers. So um, it's going to be usually it's parents or spouses. Uh, Sometimes it's only one or two people. Sometimes it's actually there are reports of parties around the bed of, you know, 10 or 15 people who come, but usually it's one or two. Sometimes it's a pet. Um, There was one report that a a psychic nurse gave many years ago of uh, an old codger who had hated everybody in life, and what came for him was his old horse who had died long before, and that was the only one he would trust. So the horse came walking in the room and took him away. Um, but uh, so, so those are the people who come for us. They're there to make sure we make the transition successfully. And what's very important is to go with them because once we're out of our body and we slip out of our body just as easily as your foot slips out of a shoe, we slip out of our body, we feel terrific suddenly. We were in a boat anchor and now suddenly we're, we're, we're like the, the air and we're, we feel young and we feel beautiful. And the problem is, though, that we think we can maybe help the people who are grieving around the bed, but we can't. And it's possible to become stuck if we lower our vibratory rate in an effort to speak to those around the bed. So if anybody takes anything away from our conversation today, please take uh, the, the advice that when you're out of your body and it's, you know, it's curtain time and, and the people are upset around your bed, go with the people who've come for you because you can help. Once you've made the transition, you can come back and help, but you can't be of any help till you've completed the transition. So, so that's my, my little warning I always try to give. But now, what happens after death? Who are you with? You're with the people you love. If there's somebody that darn really loves you a lot and you want to and, and wants to be with you and you don't want to be with them, you don't have to be. I mean, they, as Jesus said, they neither marry nor give in marriage, and they certainly don't uh, stick with people uh, that they don't much care about. My mother-in-law, who lost a husband quite young and then married when we talked to her after her death. She said she had seen her first husband, but they, they had grown apart. So she was with her second husband now, which was something she had worried about before she died. Well, who am I going to be with? I've had two. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and it works out. It does, it does work out because uh, it's all about love. That's all it's about. So the people we love most and who love us are the people that we tend to spend our time with once we've graduated back to where we belong oh that's so beautiful well it's it's amazing that it's already time for us to take a short break we're talking today with the fabulous afterlife expert roberta grimes uh she is an author of several books one most noted the fun of dying find out what really happens next and so that being said no pun intended Come right back with us after this short break so you can find out what's going to happen next because I have a feeling we're in for a real treat. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Are we nearing the end of the world? Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Many people believe that happiness is an addition problem. If we can add what we want to our life, then we will be happy. In reality, happiness is a subtraction problem. 
It is learning to subtract all that has kept us from being happy. What thought, fear, or belief is keeping you from being happy? Let it go from your mind and watch how much happier you become. Let go of the past, release regret and resentment, and you'll be free to move forward and create the life you deserve. This moment of inspiration was brought to you by Reverends Richard Mirage and Richard Rogers, hosts of Spiritual R&R. For more spiritual insight, join them every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And those of you that are just coming in with us, I'm talking to Roberta Grimes, author and afterlife expert. She is the author of several books um, that have uh, touched people from the depth of their being, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, and Afterlife Communication. Um, go to her website, Roberta Grimes. Dot com. You're listening to the show of Intentional Spirit. If you benefit from what you're hearing today, you can go into our MP3 files, into our library, if you will, and you can listen to other types of shows that we have done as well. Also, if you are inspired by what you're hearing, I would invite you to continue to be a contributor to Unity Online Radio, which allows us to have the staff and the means in which to feature this show and these types of shows all over the, the world. We are in uh, many different countries now, over 125 countries. Roberta. i love your i love your um conversation absolutely love your conversation um talk to us more about the afterlife so here's a question for you i lost a friend uh many years ago as far as in a physical way and she's been communicating with me ever since so are there some people that they just choose or whatever on the afterlife to continue to serve and interact with people uh, on this planet? Or do some people, oh, so here you're going to tell me is two questions. I didn't know it was going to be, but it sounds like it is. <laughs> and so, and are there some people then that they just want to go ahead and, and reincarnate uh, to another another lifetime is, is there how does how does that work I've, I've kind of been pondering that lately well people people are different and you know they're different when they're here and what they want to do and what's important to them and so on and we remain exactly the same people uh after we die which is a great disappointment to many people because they like to think they'll become magically enlightened and kinder and all of those things when they discover, gee, there really is an afterlife and it's really cool. And it, and it matters tremendously what our spiritual level of development is. This is a much more serious thing than we ever, ever took it when we were here. They're very disappointed to find they're not at a higher level because they really never gave it a focus in life. We need to do that. Um, so so uh, the, my first answer would be some people um, make it a purpose to try to help people on earth, either one person or many people. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now there are groups of the dead who are working very aggressively to come up with better methods of communication, and their their lab assistants are the people on earth working with them, but, but the, all of the impetus and all of the thoughts and good ideas come from the dead who have a much better perspective on what, what they're dealing with in trying to set up a soul phone, for example. So there are people like that. Um, there are people who work with mediums, um, people who work with people like you who are trying to help people to, to, to live well. We all have guides. And 
we come we're into our earth lives with guides, and our guides can change over our lives as our work changes. So if someone on this level of reality has chosen to, to work in an area which benefits humanity, people who are in that area will... Well, um, and I have a story actually to tell you about that, which I didn't tell for the first year after The Fun of Dying came out. Um, soon after I started writing The Fun of Dying, a, a psychic friend of mine said, do you realize you've got five dead clergymen working with you? And I said, no, I'm not psychic. She told me about them. And ever since then, almost from that day, whenever I was going to write about anything, I'd wake up in the morning and I would have their lists in my head of what to write. I mean, I don't really don't feel I have much control anymore because they're sort of dictating things, which is why there is so much more about Jesus in my books than I ever thought there would be. Uh, that seems to be their agenda, and they're, they're using me. And if we allow ourselves to be used, we will be used. And frankly, it's a joyous thing to have people who know a whole lot more than we do uh, directing our work and, and using us to further what they think is best for people on earth. Um, it's exciting, but that could anybody anybody can attract people to help them. People not in bodies whose perspective is so much better to help them. So, so that would be my first question uh, answer. The first answer to your first question: Yes, we certainly. Uh, some of us who, after we die, some of us really, really make an effort to work hard with people on Earth. And your friend may be one of those who is is working with you to help you in your work. Now, the answer to answer your second question about reincarnation, reincarnation is an interesting problem. I don't like, some of these things I don't like, I sound as if I love the whole thing. I don't. I don't like the whole reincarnation thing. However, it's inevitable. Uh, Reincarnation does happen. It just doesn't happen the way we think it does because there is no time beyond this level of reality. And therefore, the, the, the higher level beings tell us all our lives are happening at the same time. All of history is happening at once. There just isn't a, a timeline uh, beyond this, you know, universe level of, of material reality. And we, we don't immediately dive, even from the illusion of thinking we're doing this in a linear way, we don't immediately dive into another life. We usually wait till our, our soul group, the people who have been close to us in this life, uh, all gather again, and we play. It seems to be just designed as playtime, this period right after we die. It's just full. I mean, the... The, the fun we have there, the levels of joy there are there, no harps, no thrones, nothing that religion has ever had in mind, but a beautiful <laughs> earth-solid place. And we play, and that's what we, that's what we mainly do, and for an infinity of time, really, since time doesn't exist there. Oh, I, you know, I love hearing that because, you know, when you hear um, some uh, religiosity defining what's going to happen... It, it right. just sounds so so boring, and I was right. actually looking looking up the other day. You know the idea of because I'd love to explore like why do we do what we do? Because most people don't, I think. But when we use the words "rest in peace," and I looked that up, like "rest in peace." Well, uh, what does that really mean? And we've been using that term since. Uh, before Christ, you know, BC right. era. And it's like, and we just keep doing it. RIP, rest in peace. And it, it's so interesting because when you think about it, um, if it's so exciting wherever we're going, uh, are we really just going to be sleeping? <laughs> no. Quite we're going to be resting. We should be yeah. saying, get ready to dance with joy, you know, Time or something. Time to party down. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. In fact, in fact, we, we, we all do two things. Uh, it seems to be universal. We all um, have a party and we all go through a judgment. Those are the two things that happen soon after we die. And they're designed exactly for our joy. And for our our spiritual growth, that's what they're for. Um, uh, but yeah, we, we we definitely do party. But there's no after. Most of us take a nap soon after we um, transition. Some of us actually go to sleep as we're arriving there, and we just sleep. We wake up, and and we never need to sleep again while we're there. We don't need to eat. There's night doesn't fall unless we decide we want to experience night, and then we can experience it. But 
it's just, imagine 24 hours, 24-7 of fun. You want to go in here, Elvis? Yep, he's playing. You want to go, uh, go skiing uh, in the Alps? Yep. Whatever you'd like to do. You want to learn from Mozart how to play the piano because you never got around to it in this lifetime? He's given lessons. All these things that, that people, most of the people of the research I did was in the first half of the 20th century. These people had, many of them, been poor. They had wanted the finer things. They'd never been able to have them. So over and over in their communications with their loved ones through deep transmediums, they talked about taking piano lessons from Mozart and talked about learning to, to paint from Michelangelo. They talked about the, the learning these wonderful crafts that they had wanted, always wanted to have time for. But there's infinite time there. Time doesn't exist, and therefore they get to play and play. And there's any kind of, of physical activity. You like horses, you want to you want to go on a, a, a yacht. People even have machines there. People have cars or planes, if indeed that's important to them. Although travel is by thought, and therefore um, most people soon dispense with, with any even walking much. They walk short distances, but usually they think, hmm, I want... In uh, in uh, Turin, Italy, uh, the the afterlife that's over Turin, Italy, is where Elvis is playing, and I want to go to that concert. I'm going to be there. I'm there. That's how they travel. They 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 actually uh-huh. you can time travel even. You can go to the afterlife of the ancient Egyptians and watch as they made their they built their pyramids. It, it seems to be. I used to think that we were traveling in time. We seem to be traveling to their afterlife uh, re- region. The, each of the levels of the afterlife seems to be as large as the universe. It's much bigger there than we could possibly imagine. And uh, so there's places for everybody, and you just have to think, and you're wherever you want to be. So isn't that fun? Think about the fun of that. <laughs> it is. It's very exciting. Absolutely. So, so the, the, I guess the answer to the reincarnation question is we come here this isn't a wheel. It's not, it's not what the Eastern religions think, where we have to keep reincarnating and we're stuck with it. It seems that for nearly all of us, it's a choice, because it's very difficult to advance spiritually there. And we have a hunger for spiritual advancement, which is muted here by all the other stuff that's going on in our lives. But a lot of us feel it anyway. We, we feel we want to become, um, you know, the... Uh, George Harrison's song, uh, My Sweet Lord, I Really Want to Know You, I Really Want to Go With You, all of that. We all have that core need to grow spiritually. Well, there, it's a driving desire. And it's very hard to advance spiritually there because it's so, there's nothing to push against. You might think of your earth life as going to the gym. You know, here you've got these machines to help you strengthen your love muscles, your forgiveness muscles, your these spiritual muscles that really you need, you want to grow, and that's what your mother-in-law is for. That's what your bad boss is for. Those are all just machines in the gym to help you learn, regardless uh, how to how to forgive, how to love. Um, I tell people that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I don't read anything else in the Bible now, but the Gospels are the best summary of what we're here to learn that I have seen anyone, anyone write. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can buy a red-letter Bible anywhere and just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that's a good summary of why we're here. I tend to find some of my best stories um, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and in some of the greatest parables as well, and examples about how to live. Oh, yes, yes. The the, the thing is, we tend to ignore the, 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 the Gospels. We, talk, we, give, we sort of give lip service to them, but we really, if we're from a traditional Christian background, we tend to minimize them because we've got to get out of hell free card, which is um, Jesus died for your sins, but you don't have many more. You can just get out of hell free. Uh, there is no hell, by the way. There's, a, however, a nasty, if you don't forgive yourself, place where you might put yourself. Jesus called it the outer darkness where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, and that's exactly a great description of it. But if we just listen to Jesus, he says there's no shortcut. We have to learn to love. Uh, we have to learn uh, to love your neighbor as yourself. He doesn't say as if he were yourself. He says 
as yourself in every translation I've ever seen. And I think he says that because your neighbor is yourself. We're all part of one glorious eternal mind. And inextricably part. We're all one being, essentially. And that being the case, it's essential that we learn to love. That's what it's all about. In fact, that seems to be the only real lesson there is to learn. Forgiveness is part of making that love perfect. So Jesus says, how many, I think it was Peter, someone said, Lord, it's hard to forgive. How many times do I have to forgive? Seven times? And he said, 77 times. Depending on the translation, it's seven times seven or 77. Jesus says, love and forgive endlessly. Someone takes your your cloak, um, you give him your tunic as well. You give him everything. It doesn't matter. Material things don't matter. All that matters is love. And if people persecute you, love them. It doesn't matter. Love them. These are tough lessons. I mean, this is this is advanced training, my heaven, spiritually. But it's what we're here to learn. This is why we come. I love that you're addressing love thy neighbor as thyself because I've always thought that that word as is one of the most overlooked words in that statement. Yes. You know, oh, you're supposed to love your neighbor. Oh, well, you conveniently forgot because it doesn't really go with a lot of religiosity that it's not okay to love yourself. You know, you know, you're supposed to feel unhappy and unworthy and undeserving and, you know, all those kind of things. But it really does say as yourself. And yeah, I like your perspective on that. And because you're so right. I mean, whatever we're feeling inside is what we project onto others anyway. You know, we're projecting who we are onto them more often than not. For those of you that are just coming in, we're, we're talking to Roberta Grimes. She is a renowned author, afterlife expert. She's speaking to us today about dying on the other side is actually fun, filled with pleasantries and, and dance and world travel and definitely a beautiful conversation for us to be in and and to really understand and this is definitely the time of year to be thinking about some of those beliefs or some things you've been told by people you know that on the other side it's just filled with gold and you're just sitting there doing nothing but to kind of look at what could be possible and knowing what we know now with our intellect as intentional spirits wow i like roberta's idea a whole lot better. If you're enjoying what we're talking about today and other things using the principles of unity, you can join us at unitycampus.org where I am the spiritual leader and we have lessons and sermons and teachings and, and talks that you can uh, review in our library at any time. It's a pleasure to serve you. And so thanks for being with you, with us. We'll be right back. Looking for the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book, Rants to Revelations, by Reverend Ogan Holder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogan brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Rants to Revelations today from www.rantstorevs.com. spirituality into your own hands bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path do you cross the boundary between religion and science or between religions themselves do you like a dose of humor with your truth seeking if you answered yes you're what we call a holy rascal join rabbi rami shapiro for how to be a holy rascal wednesdays at 11 a.m central 
Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And so welcome back, everyone. Roberta Grimes, you can go to her website, robertagrimes.com, and she has some up-and-coming events and some things that, Roberta, please share with us. In addition to your website, robertagrimes.com. Well, on Friday, uh, December 12th, I'll be at East West Bookshop in Seattle um, from 7.30 to 9 doing, uh, talking about these topics, both the fun of dying and the fun of staying in touch uh, and, and sharing some uh, things that are not in the books, uh, things that we're learning about um, both the death process and um, and, and, and how the dead stay in touch with us, we are just not aware of how densely interwoven these realities are and how much of the dead, that, especially soon after their deaths, how much they're doing to, manip- to manipulate our reality and try to help us know they're here and also the cutting-edge things happening in the area of afterlife communication that are going to make it. So 10 years from now, you will not believe how different it's going to be. And then on Saturday, December 13th from 10.30 to 1.30, I'll again be at East West uh, Bookshop talking more intensively about these things in an interactive workshop. So if anybody's near Seattle, come and say hi. Again, that's East West Bookshop on Friday at 7.30 and on Saturday at 10.30. And if you're interested in understanding what's really going on, what, what reality actually is, which is what we're discovering, I should just mention this isn't about death. A, it's not about death. It's really about life and living and how to live your life. But but what is most striking to me at this point is we're discovering, those who doing, are doing this research, are discovering a much greater reality of which the reality of the scientists study is only a tiny part. I mean, we're discovering the third wave of physics, which is consciousness-based, and we're discovering that most of reality is not material, but it is absolutely as real as the reality we see around us. So this is a very, very big topic. And to, to address it, I've been doing podcasts. If you go to... Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on iTunes. Um, you can get the podcast for free. And believe it or not, Temple, I have more than 170,000 subscribers now on iTunes. So people are very interested in these topics. It's, it's an idea, I think, whose time has come. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It absolutely is. Yeah, I think the more and more people are getting in touch with being awake and, you know, um, all that, it's, it's really powerful. Yes. A hundred and seven, and now I'm coming back to that. I took a big old breath. A hundred and seventy followers on, uh, iTunes. Will you just go on with your bad self now? That's awesome. 170,000. I, I don't understand it. We're getting now 20,000 sign-ups a month additionally, and I don't understand it myself. I don't know how they find out about these podcasts, but um, I think that someone told me that when, when people are trending or something, iTunes promotes them. I have no idea. But um, we're, we're in, near the top in the spiritual category, strangely, at this point, and that's after only 15, 16 months. But I think it's because people want to know these things. They want not what somebody thinks or believes, but they just want to know facts. And the the guests I have are are people who work in this area and just deal with facts. I mean, we need to be skeptical, but we need to be open-minded. And we certainly what I believe is of no interest to anybody. Who who the heck cares what I believe? But what I've learned, and if I can carefully limit what I say to what I've learned, that interests people very much, I think. Because everyone wants to know. This is our reality. We live in it. We, um, we have been, frankly, not leveled with by mainstream science um, for at least several hundred years. People tell me it goes back farther than that. 
but they just their whole areas of reality they refuse to look at and the primary area of reality they refuse to look at has to do with anything that might conceivably suggest the possibility that there might be a god isn't that strange they consider atheism to be a fundamental dogma now if you have a dogma you're a belief system so when this all this whole foolishness with the fundamental dogma being atheism started, which was about 100 years ago. They turned science into a belief system. It's another religion. And that being the case, um, we're left with people like me who are lawyers by day to, to try to help us figure out what actually is going on. And there, my name is Legion. There are a lot of people doing this work, and we're all coming to exactly the same conclusions about what's going on, and we're all astonished that scientists remain so clueless. It's absolutely fascinating. Well, you know, I've spoken to a number of people in my life about the afterlife because I've just always been an advocate for life, period, and also a firm believer that, you know, this is just the beginning. But in addition to that, being clear in my own teachings that let's not make what's going to happen someday more important than what needs to be happening right now. And I find it so refreshing to, you know, talk with you because you're addressing all phases of it which is a beautiful thing but by far you're you're the first person i've spoken to that feels that is coming across not that your your authentic self it's so clear that you feel very strongly about this is the way it is and that that's a wonderful way to be you know um because obviously you've dedicated so much of your time and and so much of your life to this it's anyway it's refreshing is a, a long way of giving you um a very nice compliment um <laughs> thank you <laughs> from thank one you. of your <laughs> new 170 thousand and one now uh, fans out there in the world <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much well the thing, the thing is the reason i can be positive is that the evidence is so consistent i mean if there was a lot of garbage then and we had to sort of pull things from here and there it would be a lot harder to put it together but i've read hundreds and hundreds of communications received from the dead in the first half of the 20th century and there is not an outlier they're all unique the experiences are unique, but it's the same physics, the same process, the same pastimes, the same everything in all of them. It's because the evidence is so consistent and because it fits so perfectly with quantum physics and with the teachings of Jesus, it's very hard to say it's not right. I mean, it has to be right. So it makes it a lot easier, really, to be, to be confident about it. Well, thank you, you know, for dedicating your life and your passion to uh, helping uh, all of us see the light, uh, pun intended. Pun <laughs> <laughs> definitely intended. Yes, pun well, definitely uh, intended. One, one thing we didn't talk about and we probably should, should just mention is that there is a judgment. Um, we do, um, at, right after our deaths, we sometimes soon after our deaths, we, we go through a process of a life review in which we get to live our lives, usually backwards, but sometimes, you know, from birth to death. Uh, we, we get to experience again every event of our lives, and we get to experience how we made everybody feel who was involved in those events of our lives. And this is people tell us who've done it. They say this is the hardest thing you've ever done because you get to feel uh, all the little, t- it isn't the big things they say that are hard. It's the little things. The people whose feelings you hurt or people who you could have helped but didn't. You get to feel all of the little things you did that where you fell short of what you would have expected of yourself. And then once you've been through that and you have a lot of help and support in going through it, you're, you're told, okay, now you need to forgive everybody. And you do. I have never seen a report of anybody, no matter how horribly people had treated them, who didn't immediately forgive. It's easy to forgive because, you know, you know it wasn't really real. Uh, that's real. They, they tell us this is not. So you forgive. And then you're told, okay, now it's time to forgive yourself. And that is hard because you have much higher expectations when you're there than you have when you're here. Here it's easy to make excuses for why we did this or that and we're mean to our ex-husband, all that stuff. But there, there are no excuses. We don't, we, we just have to look ourselves in the eye, see how we fell short, realize the standards for living our lives on earth are so much higher than we ever imagined, and still forgive ourselves. 
If we can't forgive ourselves, our vibratory rate will slow and we'll end up in the, in the, what, what Jesus called the outer darkness and we end up there purely because we could not forgive ourselves. That seems to be almost the only reason people ever end up there. So it seems to me, uh, Roberta, that um, Meryl Streep and uh, Albert Brooks had it, and uh, Rip Torn, I believe is his name, had it right all along in the movie Defending Your Life. Um, I did never you saw see that? Movie, but people tell me that. No, people tell oh, me that. I never let saw me it. tell you, you, that's a must in your life. You must see that movie. It 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 just goes in alignment with everything you're saying. It's your sacred story. You're going to love it. Defending Your Life, one of the best metaphysical movies that's ever been aired on the planet. And kind of a sleeper people movie, too, that. surprisingly. Yeah. yeah, people say that. But the reason they would have it right is obviously they looked at the evidence. I mean, this is this is perfectly consistent across all the evidence that this is what happens. And it's the reason to learn to forgive here. I mean, forgiveness isn't something you do for someone else. Forgiveness is always a gift you give yourself. Whenever someone harms you in any way, you forgive and you release. You don't accept. You don't approve. You forgive and then you let it go. Because when you learn to do that really well, you're getting ready for the really hard forgiveness opportunity you're going to face after you die, which is forgiving yourself. It's a must. That's why it's called forgiving, right, instead of foretaking. <laughs> what, a, what a great, that's a great point. Yes. yes. It's, 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 a, it's something that we just have to do. Uh, it's the best gift you can give yourself is to learn to forgive automatically. And again, Jesus talks about it in the Gospels, and he's right on about all of it. It's exactly why we're here. Only then oh, can you really sweet. learn to love when, you, when you've learned to forgive. That's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being you, and thank you for your gift that you're bringing the world. Everyone, um, please get on this venture with us to learn more about Roberta Grimes and the books that she offers. They're great gifts that you can give to your family and your friends and to share and to uh, be part of her podcast. And all that information is on her website, Roberta Grimes. I'm Temple Hayes, a spiritual leader of Unity at Unity Campus. And it's always my privilege for you participating and for you forwarding on and sharing in social media our shows with your family and friends. You are the reason that we are so guided with passion to be intentional. Thank you for being with us this day. Thank you, Roberta. God bless you on this amazing uh, life journey. And um, you just keep laughing and keep gifting us with your, (laughs) your wisdom. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. I've just had so much fun with you. Uh, Me too. God bless you. God bless you too. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth, 
and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles, with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free, every Friday at 2 p.m. Central, here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. truly understand the laws of the universe and live a life based on these profound and unwavering truths, then your dream life starts today. No more waiting, no more wandering. If you're ready to let go of the striving and move into the allowing, you are ready for everyday attraction on Unity Online Radio. We study the teaching of Abraham given to us by beautiful Esther Hicks so we can release confusion for clarity, exchange struggle for serenity, and have the time of our lives today. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real.
Many people believe that happiness is an addition problem. If we can add what we want to our life, then we will be happy. In reality, happiness is a subtraction problem. It is learning to subtract all that has kept us from being happy. What thought, fear, or belief is keeping you from being happy? Let it go from your mind and watch how much happier you become. Let go of the past. Release regret and resentment, and you'll be free to move forward and create the life you deserve. This moment of inspiration was brought to you by Reverends Richard Mirage and Richard Rogers, hosts of Spiritual R&R. For more spiritual insight, join them every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.